0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Don't underestimate the importance of Deion Barnes coming back for the Penn State coaching staff this season and quarterback battle. No, no, Drew, Drew Allers got this. There can't be a quarterback battle. There can't be, Right? Right?
0: You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on. That is fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. My name is Zach Seiko, your host as always, and joining me for the opening segment here is special guest former Penn State defensive lineman Aeneas Hawkins, and uh, Aeneas, you're the expert on this. Uh, this is something that I brought up, but I don't exactly have the expertise to attest to it, uh, but of course it's great to see you on the other side, and thanks for joining me here.
0: Yeah. Hey, anytime I get to join your show, Zach, is a good day. So thank you for having me again.
1: Well, I appreciate that. And like I said, the the insight that you're going to provide here, because I, I brought it up and I discussed it, it was the being able to retain Dion Barnes, getting him actually in a more expanded role where he's going to be a recruiting coordinator uh, plus an analyst. So he he's finally passed that graduate assistant spot, and, and I say that this is a much bigger deal. Uh, then people are are going to think about this like yeah it's good you retain a former Nittany Lion player uh, someone that's well liked on staff but uh, let's put it into perspective here what does this actually mean for the Penn State coaching staff first and then we'll get to the team
0: yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of a lot of good points uh, that you can make about Deion Barnes and and the value he brings to the staff alone. Uh, number one, the first thing that jumps out to me is the fact that he's a Philadelphia guy. Uh, he's well respected in that area. We've seen the talent, uh, especially these last few years, uh, that comes out of Philadelphia and the tie that he has in there uh, and the ability that he'll bring to the table. Um, you know, in that in that sense of recruiting, uh, that can't be stated, overstated enough. That dude is a, a guy who relates to these guys as a former player, like you alluded to, um, and definitely brings a lot of value in the recruiting ranks, especially. But then when you talk about the the coaching side of things, uh, what he brings to the table. I mean, for a young guy, Deion Barnes and his understanding of a defense uh, from a top uh, top down type of level, you know, able to really coach any position that he's asked to, specializing with the D line, of course. Um, but is a guy who definitely brings tremendous value in terms of coaching ability.
1: Yeah, and he's been in Happy Valley for three years. Uh, James Franklin, very good about trying to get as many former Penn Staters back in the fold as possible. Um, and Dion Barnes is able to at least continue on in this role because just unfortunately, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, John Scott's doing a hell of a job as yep. the defensive line coach. You know, ideally, that's where you'd like Dion Barnes, to eventually make that jump and then ultimately be be a position coach, be a coordinator, and and then see where everything takes him here. Uh, Now for the players, because I've heard from you, I've heard from other people, I've heard from fellow reporters that he just gets the response that you want from the team, from the people that he works with closely, like the defensive linemen, and then just anybody that's around him. So Deion Barnes, what kind of impact is he particularly having uh, on the guys on the roster?
0: Yeah, well, I've I've been very vocal uh, for a while now uh, about the fact that I think Dion Barnes is a guy who could very well end up being the best D-line coach in the country uh, before his career is all said and done. Uh, you spent any amount of time with him. Uh, I was the guy that was there for his first year. Uh, maybe two years, I'm having a hard time remembering. Um, but again, you spend 30 minutes around the guy uh, and he immediately has your respect. And I think it, it's evident in the way his players respond to him. Again, like you said, Coach Scott does an outstanding job um, and will continue to do an outstanding job. But, you know, Coach Barnes brings some value that, that I have not seen from other coaches in a long time in terms of being able to relate to the players while also still demanding their respect. Um, it's tough as a young coach. Uh, to deal with a bunch of young men uh, and earn their respect. Uh, And he does it in a way where the players feel like, you know, Dion may be able to challenge them in ways the other guys aren't able to, being young, having lived through it as a player, uh, as a guy who's from Philadelphia and spent some time in the NFL. uh, And then again, you know, as a pass rusher specifically, the things that he brings to the table in, in terms of coaching, in, in terms of techniques and hand fighting, uh, really, to me, is second to nothing I experienced in Happy Valley in terms of D-line coaching. So brings tremendous value. I think about a room that's full of these super talented young ends, the Chop Robinsons of the, of the world, the Zariah Fishers, the Smith Bilberts, guys whose ceilings are super-duper high. With Dion Barnes fine-tuning, you'll continue to see that room's play elevate, uh, and that's why I think it's a huge deal that he's back.
1: And what does it mean? This is kind of the last uh, idea here about Dion Barnes that I think is uh, worth noting is that he's moving to this analyst role. Uh, So the analyst roles have changed because. Not too long ago, Nebraska was getting fined and sanctioned for having too many analysts involved in too many different things. Now those rules have been relaxed. So what is Deion Barnes going to be allowed to do since he is moving to this quote-unquote analyst role and not necessarily a a position coach, an assistant position coach? How is he going to be – how do you think he's going to be different uh, from a graduate assistant now to this analyst recruiting coordinator spot?
0: Yeah, to be honest, I think the biggest change is just that his voice – uh, has the opportunity to be heard more uh, by the people on staff. You know, as a GA, you kind of can be limited uh, in really working with your guys and really having say with your guys, and even that can be limited as a GA. So, you know, as he elevates to this analyst role, uh, I expect him and uh, his, his coaching philosophies to really show through, uh, obviously with the staff, but even more so with the defensive line as a whole, um, and rightfully so, again. You know, he completely surpassed what a typical GA is uh, able to do with a room uh, in his first couple of years in Happy Valley. Uh, so I just see his role expanding quickly.
1: Aeneas Hawkins, former Penn State defensive lineman, joining us here on Locked On Nittany Lions. My name is Zach Seiko, your host. Aeneas, let's take just a quick pause here uh, for our sponsor before we get into the other, uh, the controversial topic uh, around some position battles in Happy Valley. But today's episode is sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner of Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America. That is FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make sports betting easy and fun. Download FanDuel now so you can get a Super Bowl 57 no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So no worries here. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown even. And personally, I like the Eagles to take Super Bowl 57. I think they win, and I think they covered the spread. And you can bet alongside me at FanDuel Sportsbook because the app is safe, it's secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you get paid your winnings Instantly, so join FanDuel today at fanduelcom on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl Fifty-Seven. That's fanduelcom on Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And thanks.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30 And thanks again
1: for making Locked on Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. Make sure you check out the brand new show, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball all in one place. Plus you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked on College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Special guest Aeneas Hawkins is with me, former Penn State defensive lineman. I am Zach Seiko. Uh, if you can see you're watching us on YouTube, you can see our Twitter handles. Please both uh, give us a follow. And if you're listening, it is at Zach underscore Seiko and at Aeneas Hawkins. Pretty simple. I got a little a little bit of the uh, grammar in there for, <laughs> for my handle. But uh, so now, Aeneas, we're seeing the off season start to unfold a little bit. Winter workouts. You understand the process. You know the process. Uh, and the coaches at least for Penn State, are very vocal as far as, well, who's doing well, who's working hard, so that you can kind of follow along. Not everything's so behind the closed doors. So we're seeing, uh, for example, Harrison Trey Wallace winning the the battle for the wide receivers, and Marcus Haggins getting involved on his social media saying that, oh, he won his battle today. But what's interesting is uh, two parts here that uh, I want to ask you specifically about, because every time we've spoken – it's Drew Aller is going to be a very good quarterback. We know that Drew Aller, this Drew Aller, that, uh, and you'll hear that all across Penn state and happy Valley, but I don't think we should be discounting Bo Prabula in any sort of way. He was a four star in his own right. Yeah. He wasn't the 99 overall five star at the top of 24 seven. I get it. Uh, but Bo Prabula was a quarterback that was sought after that. The Penn state coaching staff certainly believes in uh, as at least a quality backup here. And now we're starting to see things that aren't just, they're not going to be on a silver platter for Drew, right? James Franklin in his press conference, when asked about it, he said, well, based on the end of the season, Drew Aller is going to get the first reps. But then he added on top of that, that Bo Pribula is going to make this a competition. So we've seen this in the past. Trace McSorley, Tommy Stevens, and then Sean Clifford, Tommy Stevens, Sean Clifford, Will Levis. Here we are with Drew Aller and Bo Pribula. Based on Coach Franklin's comments, do you think that's just to kind of light a fire under everybody? Because competition, you know, this just the competition brings out the best in in all of us. But so, where do you think James Franklin's words are coming from?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I I, I hate to kind of you know, be anticlimactic here. Yeah, I think it does light a fire partially. I think that's partially the reason. But truthfully, uh, you know, Drew Alar and Bo are both very young in their careers. And while Drew Alar clearly to everybody is the favorite to land that starting quarterback job, especially week one, Bo is a scholarship guy too. And every word in that locker room says that he's a legitimate quarterback as well. So, you know, I don't, I don't read too much into it. Obviously, with winter workouts here, uh, you find out a, a lot about what you have in your room and who's willing to compete uh, and who can really operate. uh when the bullets are flying around them so to say Uh, and then obviously with spring ball and training camp too I think there's a lot of football left to be played Uh, I think Drew is the rightful favorite based on what we saw last season Uh, but we are very early in this process to count out Bo Perbula as well Uh, that kid is fiery he's a leader no different than Drew Alar and like Coach Franklin said I do anticipate it to be a competition uh, and I don't see any answers being resolved until closer to the season
1: Yeah. And if you look at, uh, I brought up Marcus Hagen specifically, Uh, I saw John Scott uh, post about uh, Zariah Fisher, who's working, you know, he came back in the late in the season, but worked his way back from injury. So it's good to see that this hard work's paying off, but you look at Mike Yersuch's Twitter page and it's Bo Pribula day one. All right. Okay. You know, the Bo Pribula, that's a good start. You want to make the impression on day one, since you are the underdog, so to speak. Uh, And then, Day two, it, yeah. it's not Jackson Smolik. I know there's three quarterbacks in the room, but it's Bo Prabula again. Uh, do how how do you think those social? Do you think the players did the players pay too much to those social media posts? Like what what kind of feeling does that draw? That you know, like hey, this is this is our champion of the day. Essentially, is that again good for the competition, or is it like, man, I feel kind of slighted here?
0: Yeah, no, nah, it's a uh, it's all about competition, man. I remember yeah. as a player myself. Uh, I'd get done with a winter workout. Uh, If I had a good winter workout, I'd I'd turn on the notifications of my position coach to see if I uh, was going to go win. It never did, uh, but that's okay. Um, But again, you know, winter workouts are so intense. um, And there's so much that happens over the course of a winter workout um, that really the finest detail uh, can kind of elevate a winner versus a loser for the day. Uh, it's not a, a jealousy thing. Again, it, it comes back to the idea of competition uh, and really driving it. And credit to Coach Franklin and his staff. Those awards are legitimate. Uh, the mm-hmm. players in that locker room know who the, the competitor of the day was. Uh, they know why. Uh, and it, it really just serves as motivation to go back the next day uh, and try to get a win yourself. So I don't I don't see it as anything too major or credit to Bo uh, workout warrior, apparently, because, again, they don't just hand those awards out. Uh, but I will not be surprised when I see Drew Alar uh, or that young guy go win one either.
1: Yeah, yeah. Jackson. Uh, he good to see him at camp. Uh, and James yeah. Franklin did comment that he's still, even though he's only one year behind Bo and drew that he's still, of course, got a lot of work to do and it's good that he's enrolled early. So that brings me kind of to my last question. I want to get your yep. opinion on it. Um, the transfer portal is going to open up one more time here. There's going to yep. be another cycle. Uh, and I, I, I've commented on this on other episodes because Ohio state and Michigan have done this and that's who Penn state seems to be chasing after all the time. Right. They went out and got that grad transfer quarterback. Essentially I've compared it to like that chase Daniel or the Brian Hoyer of that journeyman kind of quarterback, but it's different in the NFL because you can go be a number two, number three and collect that paycheck. Even with NIL, it's not really quite like that, but we've seen, Ohio State do it. Go get a seventh-year guy to to hopefully push Kyle McCord and Devin Brown and provide some depth here, maybe even win a battle. Who knows? He played at Oregon yeah. State. He's been in the – everyone makes fun of Sean. This guy's been – Tristan Jebbia has been in college football for seven years.
0: It's a long time to play seven. college football, yeah.
1: So – and then the same thing. So Jack Tuttle, you remember Jack Tuttle in Indiana. Yep. Now he's at Michigan as a backup. Why do they need a backup? The and J.J. McCarthy's there. Why did they Because they wanted to improve the depth. So yep. my question in short here is, should Penn State follow this model or uh, James Franklin said in a perfect world, he'd like to do this. But how aggressive do you think they're going to be in trying to possibly get a veteran QB to balance out the depth, uh, the depth in the quarterback room?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, Coach Franklin would agree. It's always good to have depth, especially in that quarterback room. Uh, We've seen Penn State in recent years uh, have quarterback depth really cost them some big games uh, at pivotal moments. So obviously you want to drive that. I think to me, the question is, is there a fit in the second round of the transfer portal for what? coach franklin his offense do um they ask a lot of their quarterbacks a lot of times they ask them to be able to move around the pocket uh, and extend plays when they need to uh and those guys don't grow on trees all the time so finding a, a guy who really can fit in and also a guy that can come in and realistically compete with the drew alar and push those guys uh, isn't necessarily the, to find in the second window uh but i assure you if that opportunity is there uh, especially to build depth in a young room coach franklin and his staff will take it
1: Aeneas Hawkins, former Penn State defensive lineman and Penn State football expert, as far as I can tell. And I hope uh, listeners and viewers can see that as well. Aeneas, thanks, as always, for a great conversation and can't wait to have you back on in the near future.
0: Thanks for having me, Zach. Enjoyed myself, brother.
1: Welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lions. My name is Zach Seiko, your host, and a big thank you to Aeneas Hawkins for joining me on the opening half of the show uh, to discuss Dion Barnes, of course, uh, a very integral part of the coaching staff. Uh, if you need to believe it, and the idea that there's a quarterback battle going on, Drew Aller, not the uh, bona fide starter here, Bo Prabula, uh, is making this worth a discussion. And this really reminds me of the trace McSorley and Tommy Stevens situation where it it felt like it was a neck and neck battle. And then ultimately trace was by far and above the, the favorite. And if you look back at that quarterback battle, the difference uh, in that was the fact that trace was better at reading defenses. That's what kept him on the field. It's why Sean Clifford uh, was on the field a lot, but there was a reason that Drew Aller was quarterback number two the entire season, and James Franklin admitted that. He said, well, if you were going to put out a, a depth chart uh, based on the end of last season, Drew Aller would be our starting quarterback. Okay. I think that's, uh, that's very fair. and uh, That's the right thing. But he said, Bo Perbuele is going to make this a competition, and then if you're watching the, the winner. Now, the winner workouts are, are showcasing effort, and, and they're showcasing athleticism. And they're showcasing what a player is willing to do to get ahead in the competition. So these are important, and to see Bo Prabula win them back to back, especially since there are only three quarterbacks in the room. Uh, There's not that there's not that many to pick from, and it's not that I don't expect Jackson Smolik maybe to win one here or there, but it really should be back and forth. Drew Aller, Bo Prabula, Bo Prabula, Drew Aller whatever order it should be pretty even here. Uh, But Bo Prabula, I've been told, and, and what people have seen is that he has the it factor. He has, this is why it's a competition to begin with because he at his base is a football player. He just has that mentality. He has that work ethic, which is why it's showing up in the winter workouts and, and naming a player of the day at the position, Right. Uh, it, it just, it shows up in what James Franklin brought up in his press conference. Leadership. Leadership is going to be key this year because Penn State has to replace all six of its captains. And that's going to be tougher in more places than just one. Sean Clifford, PJ Mustafer, Jair Brown, Juice Scruggs, Chris Stoll, Jonathan Sutherland. Those guys were all veterans in the program. And now... You're not only getting, yes, a, a new leader at quarterback and, and you want your quarterback to be a captain. I think whoever ultimately wins this, I think I'm gonna lean Drew Aller here. Um, but I definitely buy some stock in Bo Prabula. Um he came to Penn State for a reason. He didn't go anywhere else. He uh, he was a four-star uh, once upon a time, uh, and he was a uh, a competitor at his high school. When he was at Central York, that team was very good. They were very competitive. Um, and so, and I, I think he has the underdog mentality that he doesn't have as much to lose. He's kind of the assumed backup quarterback, and, and this is going to be fun for him. This is going to be a lot of fun for him. So it, it's important to watch this battle unfold. But my X factor here for the Drew Aller-Bo-Pribula battle, if there is one, or unless James Franklin is just saying that to light some fires, which is fine. You want to create competition. You want to get your players to work their hardest. You want Drew Aller not to sit back and assume that he's going to be the starter, that he's going to be the number one guy from day one, because then that doesn't build good chemistry. That doesn't build a locker room. That builds that sense of entitlement that he didn't earn it. And that he was just handed the keys to the Penn State offense. And, and no, that's that's not going to be the case. So, But the difference here is that leadership is going to come into a factor. This is going to factor in extremely. Because not only do you have a first-time starting quarterback for the past four years that isn't Sean Clifford. You are also getting six brand-new captains. And... I'm not saying that, well, if Bo Prabula acts as a better leader, Drew Aller is not going to have the starting spot, but that's going to carry more weight than you might expect. Let's just say that. If Drew Aller doesn't have command of the huddle, if Drew Aller doesn't have command of the locker room, if the players, the teammates gravitate to Bo Prabula, that is going to go a longer way than you might expect. And where these two really differ Drew's got all the arm talent in the world. Bo Pribula is a dual threat. Bo Pribula does emulate Trace McSorley. And Penn State's most success on offense was with who at quarterback? Trace McSorley. So I'm going to feed into this quarterback competition because Bo Pribula is a legitimate contender at some point in time to be a starting quarterback at Penn State. I'm not saying it's this season. I'm not saying it's next season. But at some point in time, I really do think we're going to be seeing Bo Prabula up on the Jumbotron in Beaver Stadium announced as the starter. So it's to do two things. This quarterback battle is to get the most competition that they can because you don't want one of your quarterbacks having this sense of entitlement. And then on top of that, uh, it, it really does boil down to leadership and not just necessarily Overall talent at the, at the end of the day, Penn state really does need some new leaders to step up and, and Bo Prebula has that in his personality. I would imagine that drew does too. I just don't hear about it as much. I hear, I've actually heard more about Bo just being that guy, you know, he's the guy he's got the dog in him. He's got that personality. He has the it factor. He's a winner. I hear drew as the, he's an athlete. He's very good, he's calm, he's composed, and that's fine. But there's an edge to Bo Prabula. Not to say that Drew doesn't have one, I'm just hearing it more about the number two quarterback, supposedly. So this is just an interesting conversation. I think at the end of the day, what this means a little more, and what James Franklin said in his press conference, is the fact that this quarterback room might be good enough on its own, while inexperienced, to survive without going and getting extra depth, that they feel comfortable with these three quarterbacks, and that they don't have to go get a supplemental piece. That Drew Aller, Bo Prabula, whoever it is, Jackson Smallk's different. Okay. He's a true freshman. If you see him on the field, that means Penn State's had a bad season. Okay. Something, something's wrong here. Um they, it would have been the same if you said, oh, well, Bo Prabula's in in 2022. Yeah, something is seriously wrong if Bo Prebula saw the field last year. But I think that's what Penn State fans need to be excited about and realize that, okay, uh, Drew Aller's not going to be handed this. Bo Prebula is a legitimate quarterback. He's not just some name in the room. And that's just good news overall for Penn State football that it's going to go from Sean Clifford to Drew Aller, and then, most likely, Bo Prebula. And that Bo Prebula is going to push Drew Aller to be his best, and then vice versa. Drew Aller works hard. I think Bo Prebula works hard, too. So, if anything, Penn State fans should be excited that this isn't just a one-dimensional battle. That it's not, well, you know, Drew Aller, because he's so much better than everybody else, that he was just given the offense, and that we know he's going to be the guy. No, the Penn State fans should welcome the fact that Bo Prebula is getting the attention, is pushing Drew Aller, and the coaches think that he works his tail off and has a lot of potential. So I, I think that's the ultimate takeaway here, but we'll keep an eye on it as it unfolds. It's only, what, a couple of winter workouts in uh, and, and one press conference, so we'll we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, and break that all down here on Locked on Nittany Lions. Coming up in uh, some future episodes, of course, the positional breakdowns will continue. Uh, You had media day, so you want to talk about that, of course. uh, Get some perspective on Dion Barnes as well, so that's why Aeneas Hawkins was on this episode and can't wait to have him back on another time. Of course, thanks again, as always, for making Locked on Nittany Lions your first listen every single day. Check out Locked on College Basketball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Everything you need to know about College Basketball on one place plus you get to hear from big name experts insiders players and coaches that is locked on college basketball and thanks so much for making locked on nittany lions uh so much support on the youtube channel thank you for over 850 subscribers help us get to 900 that will help so we'll continue with the positional breakdowns penn state wrestling is getting really close to the postseason penn state men's basketball trying to fight for something in the postseason and same thing with penn state men's hockey so plenty going on here uh, in the winter season. But of course, whenever you need your Penn State content, it'll all be right here on Locked on Nittany Lions.
0: The NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait.